Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is my fight song. Take back my life song. Prove I'm a right song. Cause I still got a lot of fight left in me. University of Memphis wins 35-32 to 32 to keep hope alive. Now, Jeffrey, you were looking at a stat, though, Oh, while well, during the break. Yep. Bill Conley's uh, post-game win expectancy. So, how the game was played on a down-to-down basis. Yeah. It, given what happened. Correct. Given what happened. Won. Based on how each team played down-to-down, what would you expect the result to be? And Boise had a post-game win expectancy of 75%. But it's That's the, the game. resilient it, it goes to the, what matters the game-changing play. Right, the game-changing play. Submitted by a Jeffrey. It's the block field it goal. It is funny. If you're someone who's out on Ryan Silverfield, this was a bad was day tough. for you. Like, <laughs> like I, I, that, that, that is because it's the kind of win that's going to get you to, to seven wins and... Maybe eight. When you or look eight. at the rest, when you, no, look, when you at look at the rest of the schedule, the, the AAC has got that Houston State on it, it right it now. I look at it this way: everything's in front of them now. Now they got you got Tulane at home. You got one big game, and then you can a really big game, and then you and stack can stack some wins. Exactly, and you can stack some wins. I mean, South Florida's pluckier than maybe would have been predicted. They are, but right? you're better than they are. But you, you will be. You will not be favored against Tulane. But if you beat Tulane, you will be favored in every game down the stretch. And maybe SMU, although I maybe don't know. SMU, I still don't, I don't know, know what SMU is. So this is your it's an opportunity to put together. And again, four and one. What the hell did you want? This is exactly. This is what we want. This is what you should have signed up for. When we saw the schedule, we're like, okay, they could be four and one heading into that Tulane game. Yes. Guess what? They're four and one heading into that Tulane game. Plus, by the way, you had D'Angelo D'Angelo Williams. Brought to tears at halftime, plus two separate proposals, wedding proposals, in the stadium over the uh, Saturday, both apparently completed. Which also, not to take this all the way back to golf, but you knew Friday was a bad day for Team USA when apparently there was uh, there were reports of a American fan proposing to his girlfriend, and it was not clear that she said yes. Ugh. You got two yeses. They must have gone to Robert Irwin Jewelers. They must have gone. The only thing I can assume. Also, we got to talk about, where did they dust up the the D'Angelo NASCAR? It looks 
Biffy, I want to know what that thing smelled like in the inside whenever they found it. <laughs> that thing had to have been mothballed. Uh, looked magnificent to me. Anyway, that was all. No, they, they, they polished it up nicely. Good weekend at, for the University of Memphis. I think this may be the first time we've played the fight song because we haven't made, have we played it before? Let's be honest. The other wins weren't all that. They were kind of, maybe, did we play it for Navy? No. They just weren't, let's be honest, this is the first one. That... I think we blew up Arkansas State. I think we blew up Arkansas State after. So, uh, congratulations to uh, the University of Memphis. It's also a reminder, we can we can nitpick football all we want. Sometimes football can be as simple as, what did you do when you had chances to score? Memphis had four scoring drives, and they get touchdowns every time. Boise has five scoring drives, or six, really six scoring drives. They got a field goal, they got four touchdowns, a field goal, and then they have the field goal block for the touchdown. Big day for the Jeffries. All right, who's next? Well, that was something. Ole Miss wins 55 to 49, defeating LSU. Biggest win of Lane Kiffin's tenure, you'd have to say. 1,343 yards of offense, 14 touchdowns. Ole Miss goes up, LSU goes up. Ole Miss surges back to take the lead. Jackson Dart, absolutely terrific. 26 of 39, 289 yards, four touchdowns. Ran another seven times for 50. It was the best game of yards. his career by Easily far. the best game of his career. It helped to have Trey Harris back, obviously, and that's something you pointed out early. And Caden Prescorn. Like, I know Caden's numbers didn't pop off the page, but Caden, all three of catches for Caden were on Huge. like massive third Huge. downs where it's like, oh God, we need this. So, and and I, when, when Trey Harris went out earlier in the year, you pointed out. That's a big loss for them because. What he, it meant for them. Um, Quinchon Judkins was terrific. He looked like Quinchon Judkins. He looks again. like people expected 33 yards, 33 carries, 177 yards. Um, it's not like LSU. It's not like Jaden Daniels uh, wasn't sensational himself. No, he had He had like five total yards. He had five throws where I was just like, I don't even know what you do with that. Like there was some of his touchdown throws were just so perfect that there was nothing you could do. And where I give Ole Miss credit is, you know, the the joke of we are Ole Miss, just the finding finding ways to lose. You score. You know, Kiffin's sitting there, uh, you know, going nuts because Trey Harris scored right. and that left LSU with time. time. And then right off the bat, LSU hits like a 42-yard pass play. And you're and immediately two thinking. Two shots, two shots to win, and you're just ready for heartbreak. Well, then you had another situation where, you know, Jaden Daniels escapes and you have the horse collar. Right. All right, well, now they got the ball to 15, and everybody's thinking, oh, we know what's going to happen. They drop an interception that would have ended the game. And I just give them credit. They they made a couple more plays than LSU did. That game was nuts. Um, two things. How do you feel about the field storming? I've I've turned the corner on it. I've started to think about it this way. Presumably, kids get four years of college football as fans. Uh-huh. They want to go and storm the field. No, but then then there's then, then I do think you can. I, I don't object to field storming although i know it's dangerous whatever else and whatever. sure but, but then i think you have to you have to ask then did this justify a field storming and i think it did absolutely this of course thing, it did this game was incredible incredible game even if like you can argue that a if you'd beaten them 
33 or 13, yeah. it wouldn't have just Exactly. Tied a field it's, it's, it's the fashion that it was it's in. It's the manner of the, exactly, yes. the, the exuberance that created that. Um, well, this t- LSU had national title aspirations. What we can, what we the, can, let me, let me ask you this. Though. What the hell? How in the world can LSU, which has one of the best defensive players in America on its team, by the way, maybe two, maybe two. How can it have a defense that horrific? So there, what the real question is, is how does DBU have so many just not good defensive backs? Because really that's what it it boiled down to. They are banged up in the secondary, and so they're playing guys that were not expected to be contributors coming into the year. But, I mean, that's really the problem is, like, they they cannot cover anyone. Like, that's, that's what's truly shocking to me is watching LSU's secondary be that helpless. Ole Miss has Arkansas next. Uh, but it's got to be feeling pretty good about themselves right now after that huge win. Again, you got to be huge win for Memphis, huge win for Ole Miss. You got to be feeling pretty good about yourself. But like now, the question no, is, don't. you know, letdown spot. Like you know, Arkansas's lost three straight games. Arkansas's getting banged up. But Arkansas's a team that has given them hell the last 15 years. You know, what are you going to do in this game? Arkansas is not in our. Uh, we're neither celebrating nor blowing up Arkansas. Arkansas loses to AM 34 to 22. AM defense. They couldn't run the football. They, they Seven got, sacks, 15 yeah. tackles for loss. The AM defensive um, line is starting to produce what their talent level KJ is. KJ Jefferson, 129 total yards, seven sacks. It, it, was a, uh, it was a mess for Arkansas. And. AM has Alabama next week. Yep. At home. Massive game. And the line's only like two and a half right now for Alabama. All right. Uh, who's next? You know, I don't know that uh, beating South Carolina is justifies necessary, but I was reprimanded by one of our listeners because we didn't play Tennessee last week, and I'm like, it's, last week's one didn't justify, you know, whatever, but this week, you're beating South Carolina handily, 41-20, revenge for last week, uh, Spence gave Spencer Rattler hell with six sacks, 123 yards for Jalen Wright, you run the football, you play defense, get a great performance from Squirrel White, and that seems to be the recipe and honestly, I don't know that it's going to be good enough this year, but with Georgia looking pedestrian, who the hell knows? Yeah, I'm actually totally fine playing Tennessee this week because this was the type of performance that I've been waiting to see from Tennessee. Do I think South Carolina is going to wind up being, you know, uh, the type of resume win that's going to lift you up? Uh, no. no, but I wanted to see Tennessee control a game, flash, look like they're capable of looking like on offense, and they did so pretty much for the entire game. Like, I I was very impressed with them. Yes, South Carolina's offensive line has put Spencer Rattler's life in danger all season. But he has surmounted it. Correct. He's been spectacular all season. He had nothing. There were no answers. And I thought thought this was very impressive by Tennessee. So how do you now assess the uh, SEC East? Obviously, we'll get to Kentucky here in a moment. But Kentucky thrashing Florida. Uh, Georgia surviving 
Uh, thanks yeah, to Brock George's, Bowers being sensational. George's problem was they turned the football over. Like if you look at if you look at what Auburn was able to do to score, they turned two turnovers into touchdowns. After that, they just got basically two field goals, one of which came off like a 65-yard quarterback run. But every time Auburn had to actually throw the football, like I, I never actually felt like Georgia was going to lose that game, even though maybe you could make the argument you should have. But, I mean. So at, how do you assess these? At this point, if Tennessee is able to hit shot plays against Georgia, they're going to have a chance. The problem is if Hendon Hooker couldn't do it last year, I don't know how I'm supposed to expect that they're going to this year. But the game is at home, and perhaps, like, I am open to the idea of it. And with Kentucky, Kentucky has matched up extremely well under Mark Stoops with Florida. They have not had the success against Georgia and Tennessee, so I'm very curious about this week. Like, I don't think you're going to be able to run power, like, the power run play like Kentucky did on Georgia, but if they do, I'm sitting there, I'm open to the idea that that Kentucky team is really good because turns out they might have gotten the most impactful transfer. Ray Davis from yes. Vandy. Uh, Holy, holy hell. Crap. He had 150 total yards in the first quarter alone. Uh, we'll get to that one. Um, next. Yeah, yeah, this broke my heart. Uh, no offense to Notre Dame and, and all you Notre Dameers out there, but my son was at this game. And uh, and I would have liked him for to get the, as you point out, you got so many years of college football. Yep. You would have liked a big home win. And he did have the Clemson win. He wasn't there for that one. It's on him. It's on. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Harsh but fair. Uh-huh. Uh, he's joining the bandwagon a little late. Uh, Duke leads 14-13. 51 seconds left. Sam Hartman runs for a first down on fourth and 16. And then you and then. Uh, they score. Riley Leonard comes back, gets hurt, and uh, I mean that's, that's the problem. That's is because what you what Duke clearly proved in this game is they are good, but they're good if they have Riley Leonard. Riley right. Leonard is that big of a difference maker for them. Like I know his numbers didn't jump off the page, but when you are watching, when you're watching Duke play, you're like this guy's incredible. Like I don't care that he's 12 of 27 for 134. Like. You can just tell, like, that guy is extremely good at football. Sam Hartman waiting for him outside the medical tent. Classy moment by the Notre Dame QB. I don't know about Notre Dame, but Marcus Freeman certainly needed this one. You know? like Oh, especially after the way that they lost the week before. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, huge. All right, what's next? So USC... Wins 48-41 to 41 over Colorado. Game started out to be... You know what? In fact, I think we could be playing the wrong song here, Jeffrey. Uh, I, I, but, think we're, I think we could be playing the wrong song here. Uh, so you want to... I want to switch. This? I want to play. Yeah. This is more of a... This was... Remember we were talking about moral victories last week, yeah. Jeffrey? Statement losses? Statement losses? Yes. You come back, you're about to get, it feels, it feels like you're going to get blown out by USC after being blown out by Oregon. And instead, Shadur Sanders is sensational. 30 of 45, 371 yards, four touchdowns, ran for another. Omari and Miller. He's, oh, a, he's without, a dude. His, without his weapons. 
Seven of 197 for 196. That throw that he threw on fourth and five in to the, in, from to Miller for the touchdown, it was crazy, insane. Like, that was a statement lost by Colorado. There's no question. And like I never felt like USC was going to lose, to lose no, the game. No, I didn't either. But at the same time, like, I don't know. The, the problem that I had with this game was I I believe in Colorado's offense. Like, I know whatever happened at Oregon, but I also think Oregon's defense is the best in that league by a long shot. The problem that I just keep seeing when I watch this game, it's like every Lincoln-Riley team's the same. I don't care if it's in Norman, Oklahoma. Well, what's, and then it's in what's L.A. the thing is, is, so Caleb Williams is great again. 406 yards, six touchdown passes, et cetera. There, there is a the Heisman comes. There's, a, there is definitely a thing called Heisman board. Oh, there's no question. And so people, but there's reason why winning else. it twice in a row is the, a big part of it is it's Heisman board. Like, exactly. Yeah, we did. We've seen that. Well, we know also when you win the Heisman, then you start getting compared to the best year of your career. And if you take even a like a half step back, it gets held against you. Does this game? So then you have a situation where. In college football right now, it may be as wide open and like who's great as any year that I can recall. And does this game, in fact, reflect particularly well on Oregon? Does it does it suggest to you that Oregon could be the best team in the country? Or is it Michigan? Or is it Ohio State? Or is it Penn State? Or is it Florida State? Or is it Texas? Or is it Georgia? Or is it Washington? Or is it USC? Or is it Alabama, for God's sakes? Who is the best team in the country? So I still am going to – my default is it's Georgia until proven otherwise. But it doesn't feel overwhelming. But it does – I think the biggest difference between this year and other years is – the top of the sport has come back to the pack. And so, but like, what we're going to see is Oregon looks great against Colorado. But where Oregon is going to be susceptible is to a team like Washington that can bomb it deep. Those types of teams are going to give them problems. But we also see with a team like Washington, all right, well, if you play if you play a team in Arizona that like plays super pesky hard and can keep well, your... Thing. We saw a bunch of teams who sort of slept in just like Georgia. Yeah. Georgia, Penn State, Washington, none of them impressive particularly this weekend in winning. Yes. Holding, doing, doing what they had to do, but none particularly impressive in winning. It's weird to me. A lot of people say transfer portal. Oh, well, the transfer portal. I don't really understand that because what the transfer portal... It also gives the best teams in the country, you can scout who's good from the crappier teams and then just scoop them off because you have better resources than anybody else. So in addition to getting the best recruits, you can now go get the best transfers. I don't really understand why the transfer portal leads to more parity. So I think the biggest reason that it leads to more parity is that while the best teams can still, you know, supplement their roster like you're you're talking about. You can go get Jameer Gibbs, you know? What it has allowed is middle-tier teams to go. It's killing the G5. If you look at P5 versus G5 this year, it's been a bloodbath because of that's like where you're getting. And so while maybe like... Caden Prescorn, basically. Correct. Like maybe you don't have a... Maybe you don't have a first-round dude, but maybe you got a third-rounder or a fourth-rounder and the gap in talent there is much more reasonable than the tap, the gap between first rounder and guy that's never going to sniff playing on Sundays. 
And the other thing is, I think this is a big part of it. While the SEC has always been like, oh, it just means more, it just means more. I think what you're starting to see is in the NIL above board era, it's a lot harder for them to dominate. Right. Because, because they're not, they're not, USC they and Texas. They were more willing to cheat. They were more willing to cheat. But now that it's all above board, correct. the South is not actually richer than the North. Exactly. You know, there's not more. Well, it's certainly not richer than Austin, Texas, more, and Los Angeles. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's not more richer than, or, or you know, Ohio State is pretty rich. You I, know? I'm I'm circling Texas. I, I do think, I'm, I'm scared of the spot that I'm in. But, like, I've watched them play now three straight weeks, and I just think they're really good. Texas. Texas. I think they're did really good. Did I even good. mention Texas? Yes, I did. I did mention Texas. They throttled uh, Who are we going to blow up? we got to blow up some up because we got to get to the Grizzlies and Chris Harrington. Woo! Kentucky once lost 32 straight games to Florida. Now Florida. After losing to Kentucky 33 to 14 Saturday, has lost three straight to Kentucky and four of six. Ray Davis from Vandy, 26 carries, 280 yards. That's uh, that's the most of FBS uh, this year. Uh, three touchdowns, absolutely sensational, and the runs of Kentucky 19. 22, 75, 33, <laughs> uh, 31. Absolutely dominates Florida. Are we back on the hot seat? I mean, the problem is he scored a touchdown. Ray Davis scored a touchdown with 13 Florida guys on the field. Like, the problem is... No, that was impressive. I, that, was a, that was a better strategy than the one yeah, that Notre Dame uh, Yeah, instead deployed. of 10. Instead of 10, but, you go 13. But the whole deal is that Florida's supposed to have this beefed-up coaching staff. They have all these guys on the sidelines and whatnot to, to help rise them up, and they still look just so poorly coached. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.